This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. Colonel Cedric Layton to the house founder and president of Cedric Layton Associates. They're a strategic risk and leadership consultancy serving global companies and organizations. And he founded it in 2010, but that was after serving in the U.S. Air Force for 26 years as an intelligence officer attaining the rank of colonel. He can also be seen regularly on CNN, where he is a military analyst, a good friend personally and of the show. Colonel Layton, thank you. Good to have you back with us. Uh, Colonel, we were were running tight on time, um, so I want to give you the time to answer. So I'm going to give you the question. We're going to head into break, and uh, you'll answer it on the other side. Does that sound fair? Absolutely. Oh, actually, no. I have time to ask you one question, then go to break. Okay, my bad. Um, uh, the Pentagon revealed this week the full list of $3.6 billion in military construction projects that are going to shelve to help build Donald Trump's wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, that's according to documents that were obtained by NPR. Lawmakers from Virginia to Arizona learned their states will lose millions in military construction projects as part of the plan. Virginia Democratic Senators Tim Kaine and Mark Warner slammed the move. They said their state alone will lose more than $77 million in planned construction projects, and all four military projects will be impacted just in that state of Virginia. Can you speak to this $3.6 billion in military construction projects getting shelved to help build that wall and what that means to the military? Well, sure, uh, Leslie. That's one of the biggest uh, things here. Uh, money in the Department of Defense, like in a family, is is very finite. It's a it's a you know commodity that you don't have a lot of. And uh, when they earmark money for certain projects, they expect those projects to be done. And that's that's the problem that we have here. And there there is going to be a lot of uh, missions that aren't accomplished because of this. And of course, the military families are going to be hurt by this. And those two factors, uh, both operational and morale factors are going to be a critical element in all of this. Okay, hold on, Colonel. We're going to talk more about those two elements and and those critical elements and more when we come back with Colonel Cedric Layton. We are back. He is as well. We are talking with military analyst for CNN, Colonel Cedric Layton, founder and president of Cedric Layton Associates and U.S. Air Force veteran for 26 years where he was an intelligence officer. And, of course, Colonel Cedric Layton attained the rank of colonel. Colonel, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, We were talking about the military projects losing funding to Trump's border wall, and you were talking about a couple of areas, a couple of categories um, where these could have devastating effects. Could you go on? Sure, absolutely, Leslie. One of the big things that we have to look at is the operational impact. So, for example, just in the uh, case of the state of Virginia, uh, you're looking at a cyber operations facility that is supposed to be at uh, what's called now Joint Base Langley-Eustis, the old Langley Air Force Base, and that uh, is going to be losing $10 million. 
Uh, there's another piece here where we have uh, a Navy maintenance facility in Portsmouth, uh, Virginia, and that area was going to lose $26 million. So those are just numbers right now. But uh, the problem that you run into operationally is that cyber is actually the, the new frontier of warfare. So if you're not prepared in the cyber arena and you don't have all of the facilities that you need and all the people that you need uh, to do the job of protecting our cyber networks, uh, we are going to potentially pay an operational price for that. When it comes to other promises that President Trump has made about rebuilding the U.S. Navy, well, this flies directly in the face of that when the ship maintenance facility in Portsmouth is actually limited by uh, the, these budget cuts, would amount to budget cuts for these programs. So that, that's on the operational side. And when you look at the impact on military families, uh, the types of programs that they're cutting in, into here uh, include schools. They include the types of things that uh, uh, you know will handle uh, other aspects of military welfare, uh, family retention, and that becomes a huge issue when it comes to keeping people in an all-volunteer all military. If the schools aren't good, the families leave. If uh, the uh, um, morale, welfare, and recreation facilities facilities aren't good, um, the children will leave. And uh, when the children go, you know, and find other employment, that that is the kind of thing that, uh, uh, you know, really uh, doesn't bode well for future generations of military service. Uh, so that's, those are some significant areas that, uh, you know, this border wall funding could actually impact very negatively. Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, I thought about the inconvenience to families, but not that, hey, they would leave and, you know, education, uh, not just daycare, uh, but also, you know, perhaps uh, other generations who want to do what, you know, mom or dad do. Talk to us about how this impacts national security. So from a national security perspective, if you are not ready with uh, the morale of the military, you know, no matter which service, uh, you know, the final element in military leadership really is, and probably in many cases the most important, is the idea that uh, you need to increase the morale of your unit, the unit that you're in command of. So when I was a commander, one of my most important uh, duties, as I saw it, was to ensure the morale of my subordinates. Uh, and when these things happen, uh, you impact not only on the airmen's, in my case, personal well-being, uh, but on all the troops, uh, you impact on their ability to actually perform uh, the missions that they've been assigned to. Uh, if you start cutting uh, the types of operational elements that they're going to be a part of, so like let's take the cyber center in uh, at Langley uh, in Virginia, uh, if you start impacting on that, you know, so you cut back on training, uh, you cut back on possible operational assignments, you cut back on the kinds of things uh, that they could be employed in when it comes to protecting our nation in, in the sense of cyber activities, um, that could uh, directly impact not only on readiness, but on our ability to respond to foreign threats. And that's really, you know, from an operational standpoint, why this is uh, so important. And if we lose sight of this, if we take money away from these types of, of functions, uh, we tend to uh, diminish the readiness of our armed forces. Excellent. Uh, excellent point, Colonel. Let's go to some calls. We go to Decatur, Georgia, with Reggie joining us. Reggie, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest, Colonel Cedric Layton? You and your guest. Um, I would just like to know, how do you, how do you stop the President Donald J. Trump from allocating 
funds, financial funds from the Pentagon all the way to his stupid idiotic moronic border wall. Can you say that again, Reggie? You're a little bit, uh, a little staticky. Can you say that again? You're a little staticky. Uh, Reggie? Uh, Could you hear his question, Colonel? If not, we'll just move on. Yeah, I, I heard part of it, and uh, so Reggie, you know, I think what I heard was, uh, you know, how can you prevent uh, President Trump from reallocating funds like this? Uh, part of the problem is that he declared an emergency uh, with the southern border, and the president has uh, some powers of emergency declaration, and what that means is that he can then reallocate funds uh, to projects that will help alleviate to the national emergency. So uh, we did something similar to that under the Bush administration, uh, uh, President Bush 43, uh, with 9-11. And there were things that were legitimately moved around, monies that were legitimately moved around to uh, protect the nation in the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. Well, in this particular case, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not there's a real national security emergency at the southern border. And also, if this is the right way to handle that emergency, if, if you, you take the premise that there is one. Uh, so the situation is is such that uh, the Democrats in Congress are going to have a really tough time uh, standing their ground and saying this is uh, not what these funds were allocated for. That's actually what they'd have to do. Uh, but if they can't do that or find it impossible to do that or don't get Republican support, some Republican support to do that, um, these funds will be moved uh, to the border wall, and uh, that, uh, you know, in and of itself is probably not going to do as much for our nation's security as these other uh, funding programs would have. And that's that's really the shame of this whole thing. Um, wow. Uh, you know, God, there's just so much to speak about. You know, when you talked about during the Bush administration and when you were in the military, Colonel, there are people when I'm on Fox who say to me, well, Obama did it for the, you know, when they when they considered a crisis at the border uh, with immigration. How is what happened in the last administration under Obama different than what's happening now under President Trump? So with the Obama administration, they did declare some uh, elements of what amount to a national emergency, but they also went through Congress uh, and, in essence, got uh, support from uh, most members of Congress, uh, you know, usually Democrats in their case, but also some Republicans to help fund border security efforts. And the types of things that they did were uh, not of the same magnitude financially and fiscally as, as what you see under the Trump administration. So the amount of money that they reallocated uh, was a lot less, uh, and it didn't have the kind of across-the-board impact that we're seeing now across the Department of Defense. Uh, so what you're really talking about here is, uh, you know, in essence, we're we're looking at a, a threat that is not as severe as is, as the president is making it out to be, and then you also have a situation where you're genuinely affecting military readiness and you're affecting the ability of the nation uh, to defend itself and to retain uh, the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that we need in order to maintain a quality military force. Uh, So the effects of what's going on now are much more profound uh, in a negative sense uh, than than was the case under the Obama administration. 
Oh, wow. Uh, very well. I wish I had you in my ear when I was on TV because I didn't answer it that eloquently. I'll be honest. Thank you uh, for that. And obviously not with the experience you have. You know, according to the list of those projects that NPR obtained through a congressional aid, half of them are overseas and the domestic projects span both Democratic and Republican districts. Do you want to speak to that? This is not along party lines and that half of these are overseas. What does that mean? Well, so when they're overseas, Leslie, what you're dealing with there is a an area that, of course, has no congressional re- representation. Uh, you know, n- nobody votes from, you know, some district in Japan or Germany for the U.S. Congress. Obviously, I mean, uh, the military members vote absentee, but they vote uh, for their people in their home districts or the districts in which they are official residents. Uh, so what that means is there is no constituency, or at least not as active a constituency in a political sense, for over overseas projects. These projects could be extremely important from a national security perspective, uh, but because they're not, uh, you know, the equivalent of pork barrel projects that, you know, lard up everything in a particular district, um, that's why they're so much more vulnerable. And with that, uh, you know, the president, uh, you know, is is picking projects that won't have as much political resistance uh, to them not being funded as would be the case with domestic uh, type uh, projects. And the fact that he's, you know, uh, cutting it across party lines domestically uh, means that, in essence, he's uh, bargaining that the Republicans, uh, the Republican districts will still support him uh, because of other factors, uh, including economic and uh, you know, sociocultural factors, uh, regardless of military construction projects in that area. And that may only go so far. I think it depends on the district and depends on the project. Uh, the Democratic districts, um, you know, I think they have to feel that they're being shortchanged. And uh, I think that would be the case in, in any type of situation like this. Uh, one of the um, cuts, as a lot of people have saw today uh, in the news and on social media, are, are cuts to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. They're going to be losing the funds they were originally supposed to have. Why is that significant? Well, that's significant, Leslie, because the military U.S. Military Academy at West Point is uh, the college uh, for U.S. Army officers. Uh, obviously, there are other commissioning sources, but this is the principal one, and this is the one where the cream of the Army's leadership is trained. If uh, the military academy at West Point doesn't get the funding uh, that uh, it had requested originally and that was earmarked for it, uh, what can happen is that the training can be a lot less rigorous. Uh, it can be not as intensive. Uh, it cannot, it, it in essence, won't prepare them for war or as rigorously as uh, their previous training did. Uh, and if the facilities are allowed to age and are not replaced, uh, then our nation's top officers will not have had the type of uh, college experience and military academy experience uh, that their predecessors had. And it also means that they won't have the same level of experience, potentially, that their Russian and Chinese counterparts are, are having. And uh, that can uh, you know, result in some pretty difficult situations uh, in the future, things that we can't really foresee right now. But the training at West Point is critically important to the security of the United States, and it is critically important that it it contain um, the type of uh, not only rigor, but also that it be brought up to date uh, in a way that allows our military officers uh, to achieve not only the highest standards of professionalism, but also the highest standards of academic 
them acknowledge. And that is something that, uh, uh, you know, is, is something that the American taxpayer really expects when they see people from any of the military academies, any of the service academies. I want to read you a quote. It says, the decision by the president to divert funding meant to support U.S. national security interests so that he can build a border wall only makes us less safe. That was from Senator Warner uh, from Virginia. He goes on, taking money away from our military, including funding to support critical projects here in Virginia, will mean we are less equipped to tackle threats here at home and abroad. Do you agree with that? Is uh, uh, Does it make us less safe uh, diverting these funds um, and specifically what he spoke of? I, I do, actually. I think Senator Warner is on point with this because, um, you know, in essence, he's saying uh, what I've been referring to during during our conversation, and that is if, uh, you know, these, these projects are, they go through a vetting process before they're approved by uh, not only the Department of Defense, but also by Congress. And when that vetting process is complete, uh, it in essence means the people have spoken and, and we've prioritized things. Uh, we've decided that this is how we want to spend our money and to uh, in essence upend those priorities and uh, put something in there that um, the nature of that threat is at least debatable and the way in which we're ameliorating or fixing that threat is also you know some uh, some area of contention that uh, you know makes it really difficult for us to not only uh, sustain our ability to operate in a military environment but it also makes it much more difficult to engage in new operations if there's a new threat out there. And uh, Senator Warner's point is uh, very well taken because um, these funding diversions uh, can actually mean that we won't be prepared uh, to do things that we need to do both at home and abroad. And that's, that's going to be a critical shortfall in a way that we probably can't foresee right now. Are you surprised that it's in both Democratic and Republican districts? I mean, Senator Martha McSally is an example as a Republican in Arizona. She's facing a very tough reelection bid. She's trailing right now uh, behind uh, Mark uh, Kelly, who is the husband of former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords. And um, she, she has a project involving a ground transport equipment building at, at a fort there, losing $30 million in project funds. She and other Republicans are downplaying these losses, but some are, are in, in tight bids for reelection, and a number of Republicans have said that they were going to retire. Does this show that the president wants something? He really doesn't care about his party. He puts his personal desire first. I, I think it does. I think, you know, a traditional politician, uh, you know, would have looked at a uh, project like the one at Fort Huachuca uh, in Arizona. That's the one that you're referring to. And uh, they would uh, say, OK, I, I absolutely need this in order to gain votes. And under normal circumstances, uh, the people in that district or in this case in that state in Arizona uh, would see this as a very important element of not only uh, military preparedness, uh, but more importantly and more directly their economic well-being, because there's a lot of money that gets pumped in uh, to a district or to a locale if uh, there's a construction project there and if there's a military operation or some aspect of a military operation that is handled there after the building is is put together and and, uh, erected. So in this case, yes, it is a bit surprising that he doesn't uh, really account for the fact that uh, someone like Senator McSally really does need uh, a project like this in order to 
attract, you know, even if it's a couple thousand votes, those couple thousand votes can make a big, big difference. And uh, in, especially in a close election like Arizona's, you know, could very well be. And it's interesting to note also that uh, Senator McSally is, of course, an Air Force veteran. She's, a, a, like me, a retired Air Force colonel. And uh, she, um, you know, you certainly would understand the nature of what's going on here. And, uh, you know, she could definitely stand to benefit from that because it helps burnish her credentials as a as a defense expert. And uh, failure to deliver something like this uh, could very well impact her negatively and uh, could also affect uh, the number of uh, Republicans in the Senate to come 2020. You rock, Colonel. Colonel Cedric Layton can be followed on Twitter at Cedric Layton, C-E-D-R-I-C-L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. The website is CedricLayton.com, C-E-D-R-I-C-L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N.com. And you've just been listening to military analyst for CNN, veteran of 26 years with the U.S. Air Force as an intelligence officer, Colonel Cedric Layton. Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest cardio and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply.